Full disclosure, I had an entire episode planned and then I realized today's date. It is May the 4th and for Star Wars fans, that means May the 4th be with you. Given it's just a multi-million, let's call it billion dollar movie franchise that not everybody cares about. I, however, have been changed in profound ways by the characters and storyline of this beloved epic. So I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to let go and play and talk about how the principles of play theory helped shape these iconic stories into the cultural touchpoint that they are today. But before we get to that, it's time for our team huddle. How did you do with last week's play of the week? Were you able to imagine the people that you interacted with this last week struggling in some way to rise above the forces that were trying to keep them down? Did you offer support to someone you know who's struggling? Were you you proactive by checking in, maybe offering a hug? Did you offer any words of encouragement? I've been volunteering, teaching two after-school classes at a couple of local schools in my area. It's been challenging because initially I wrote the curriculum for 6th through 8th grade, but the schools somehow ended up enrolling a lot of 3rd graders that the guidance counselors had recommended attend the class because it deals with social and emotional learning. Uh, That meaning that some of these kids have behavioral issues. It has been hard to see these young souls struggling and fighting for acceptance and validation from their peers in ineffective ways. I've been able to keep going by looking outward and thinking how much I might be able to help them, even though it's a much bigger struggle than I thought it would, given their ages. Watching them in the classes, I'm constantly reminded of the lyrics, looking for love in all the wrong places. These students will grandstand, talk over others, try to intimidate others by playing the tough guy, and they just seem to constantly be acting out with obnoxious, look-at-me antics. And all of this is done at the expense of the others in the group, some of which are really delightful and eager to learn, but are thwarted in their goals because of the disruption of some others in the group. As I've modified lesson plans to accommodate these younger, more challenging groups, I find myself again and again explaining to them that people like to be with other people who are looking outward. I'll ask them how they want to be treated by a friend and remind them that if they want friends, then they need to treat others that same way. And guess what? It's been working. Slowly, as I explain that part of looking outward is being present so that you can see what's needed, these children are beginning to be more attentive. As I've explained, that looking outward can mean letting go of our idea and going along with another's idea if we want to be invited to play. And also, we must accept where a relationship is before we can build on it by looking outward and asking what's needed. The 
four play theory principles are so interconnected and dependent on one another. If we want to succeed in strengthening relationships and participate in collaborative creation, we need to use them all. And speaking of collaborative creation, we're just three weeks out from our Romeo and Juliet Shakespeare in the Park staging. And I'm so thankful for play theory. I know the cast is doing all that they can to look outward and prepare as needed for this show. I'm always honored and impressed when they accept my idea as a director and then build on it in a wonderful way that only each participant can. My daughter and son-in-law are in the industry, meaning professional acting. They sometimes describe being on set or in a show as being a meat puppet, which means the director does not want any creative input from the talent. They just want the talent to follow their directions and do what they're told. There's a time and a place for that if the goal is a unified vision, but too often this level of control shortchanges the possibilities that are available when we're creative and a collaborative creation. And I think that's exactly what we got with the Star Wars series. So since it's May the 4th be with you, I thought I'd share some really fun Star Wars trivia that relates to play theory. Did you know that in The Empire Strikes Back, Han Solo was frozen in kryptonite partly because he hadn't signed the talent agreement committing to return for the third movie. The director, George Lucas, wanted a plausible out for Han Solo's character in case Harrison Ford didn't agree to come back for the last film in the original trilogy. That is an accept and build from Lucas. Okay, we have this snag. We can't count on Harrison Ford returning, so we've got to figure out a way to make it work even better. And there's a fun let-go-and-play moment just before Han is frozen in the kryptonite. Who can forget his famous reply to Princess Leia's confession of her love for him? The deadpan delivery of, I know has become the stuff of legends. And yet, Harrison Ford came up with that one. After the take, Lucas wasn't too happy about it, and instead, he insisted they film again with the scripted lines as prepared. But, guess what? Harrison's instincts about what his character, Han Solo, would say proved to be a hit at the screening, so the line stayed in. For those who are curious, The original line was supposed to be, just remember that, because I'll be back. The meaning behind play theory is the idea that play is essential to growth and collaboration. And also, it's a play on using play theory in performing plays. And I love that because it's such an interesting choice of words to describe staging a story that's acted out in front of others. A play. It's a game. It's pretend. It's not real. The stakes are not as high as the story claims. It's play, and it's a play, and it's meant to be fun. So if you're in a play, it helps if you can be playful. And Harrison Ford proved he could be. In Star Wars A New Hope, 
when Han Solo is trying to convince some stormtroopers over the radio that everything's okay and they don't need to come and investigate what all of the explosions that they've seen and heard on their monitors was all about. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, hit a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh. That was ad-libbed by Harrison Ford. It was a lot of fun. I think he was having fun. And that makes it fun for everyone. Here's a personal favorite of mine. A side note, if you're ever in a show that I'm directing and I ever say this to you, it pretty much means that you can't top what you just did or you just did an amazing job. Harrison Ford wasn't the only Star Wars character to let go and play in ad-lib lines. In Star Wars A New Hope, Luke Skywalker is dressed up as a stormtrooper, complete with the full white plastic armor and full head helmet. At one point, while the cameras were rolling, the actor Mark Hamill, portraying Luke, complained, I can't see a thing in this helmet. The line worked so well, it ended up being left in the film. Here are a few more ways that playthrough principles helped make Star Wars great. For The Empire Strikes Back, the snowy planet needed star scores of actors who could handle the icy temperature and frigid environment in order to portray the rebel troops. Who better than to use members of the Norwegian Red Cross who were trained mountain rescue skiers? I think that's another example of accepting a challenge and building on it using available resources. And what a fun story for all those Norwegian extras to tell their grandkids years later. After the filming, Lucas Films ended up looking outward and made a financial donation to the Norwegian Red Cross. So as often happens in a look outward, or I'm going to say always happens when you look outward, it was a win-win. For the return of the Jedi, some of the crew didn't like how Admiral Akbar's character looked. You might remember that he's that squid-looking kind of character. Some said he was repulsive and ugly, and they even started lobbying to change his look. But the director, Richard Marquand, refused to do so. He would not make any alterations, saying, I think it's good to tell kids that good people aren't necessarily good-looking people and that bad people aren't necessarily ugly people. What a great way to look outward and be representative of all people. Here's another way Star Wars A New Hope has looked outward. Do you remember the code talkers from World War II? In order to send messages between the Allies, they used the Navajo language because it was spoken by a small group of people, and it was not something that the opponents or adversary in the war knew, and so it was used to communicate their plans. Now, 
despite the low numbers of Navajo speakers, Star Wars A New Hope became the first feature film to be dubbed over in Navajo. It's also the first major feature to be translated into a Native American language. Now, this wasn't done for monetary gains. The Navajo language continues to be spoken by a shrinking population. Part of the motivation was to help keep the Navajo language alive. What a great example of looking outward in a long-term, far-reaching way. Now, I think it goes without saying how much the cast and crew of the Star Wars movies had to be present to make these classic films happen. Teaching the play theory classes to these two challenging groups that I have mentioned earlier in this podcast has reminded me again how important it is to use the play theory principles, especially when we're interacting with others. Each week, when participants in the class aren't being present, I have had to spend far more time than planned on repeating myself, waiting for the group to stop and listen so that I can introduce the next game. It's not a problem for me, but I recognize that the group is getting shortchanged because we can't play as many of the games as I'm prepared to share, meaning they're not having as much fun as they could be having. I'm also sad that this limits the growth because of the time and opportunity lost to self-interest and the lack of application or practice of the play theory principles. I can see that there has been some growth, which is evidenced by the ebbing towards better overall behavior and rousing positive feedback from the group overall about the class. I just know how much more there could be if, if only they would use the play theory principles. I'm grateful the collaborator, collaborators, collaborators of Star Wars managed to effectively, collaboratively create these epic stories that continue to influence our culture in positive ways. I remember watching the first Star Wars movie back in the days when a seat in a dark movie theater was a requirement to watch a new film. As the credits rolled to thunderous applause, I did not want to leave. The room and my soul was effused with hope. It was a fitting title for that long ago first movie. I will venture that part of the reason for that hopeful feeling was having witnessed the fruits of collaborative creation. It is a powerful thing, and we shortchange others and ourselves when we don't participate in it. Play theory is an essential component of great creation and cooperation. So I hope that you'll lean in and use it and see what you can do to contribute to our culture in positive ways. Here's this week's Play of the Week. If you haven't watched Star Wars A New Hope, go watch it. You won't regret it. It's a classic for a reason. And I hope you'll look for other examples of effective collaborative creation in your home, your school, your friendships, your workplace, in our greater community and culture. I hope you'll share your observations in a comment on the Happiness Playbook. You can find us on Instagram or at Play Theory on Facebook. 
And you can always leave us a comment on playtheory.org. As always, we love to hear from you. If you haven't already, I hope you'll take a moment to scroll down on your phone and click that five-star rating or leave us a review. You only have to say a sentence. Great job. Thanks. I loved it. I appreciate it. Thanks for looking outward. It doesn't have to be poetic. It doesn't have to be a huge epic saga about how much it's changed your life. But if you'll take a moment and type in a review, it's easy to do and it really means a lot. It helps change the algorithm so the podcast can be seen by more people and hopefully encourage greater positivity in our overall culture. You can also follow the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And I hope if you found any of these episodes helpful, you'll look outward and think of others who they might help and share them. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for caring. Thanks for sharing. And remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. And that is what we're all about here at the Happiness Playbook, helping you develop the skills needed to experience your greatest happiness.